Hi and welcome to our managerial communication podcast. My name is Ahmed Mohamud and here we got My name is Shahri Arkazi. Yeah. Well today uh, as a managerial communication task we have to do a podcast. And basically we have an open subject and we can talk about anything we want. But first uh, I'm going to do a small introduction of who I am and what's my background. So uh, we're actually in Finland and originally I'm from Pakistan and I'm studying international business and logistics at Metropolia. Right now you can probably not see outside because it's really dark and it's not even six o'clock. Well, it actually is six o'clock and the cold weather in Finland too. So when I came from, Finland, uh, from Pakistan to Finland, uh, I really didn't know what to do. I had mixed feelings. I wanted to do engineering. My family wanted to me to do Medicine as usual, you know, Asian parents, medicine is... Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I tried the medicine. I, I almost passed the medicine test, but I didn't choose not to go. Yeah. Why? It was not, it was not my thing. I, I never saw myself as a doctor, you know what yeah. I mean? And then I went to engineering school, actually applied to Metropolia as an electrical engineer, and okay. I passed. Uh, and then I was like, do I want to go to electrical engineering? Yeah. And I had a good thought of it and thinked it for some time. Then I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do electric engineering. Yeah. And after that, I went to the army and finished defense forces, which is a mandatory time for six months, one year. Mm. And after that, I had a think that I want to do something that is going to be changing all the time, you know? Yeah. So the best thing was business, basically, and in specific of international business. Because I can work internationally, I can work in different companies i can work in different kind of departments and i don't have to deal with the same stuff for years and years and years yeah because it's dynamic it's dynamic yeah it's yeah. changing all the time the business is rapid yeah the business world is changing all the time and everything is quick yeah so for me i think choosing business was really good and especially i chose it in english language yeah even though we're in finland and i can speak finland with five other languages yeah but cool. I thought English would be better because to think you're studying international uh, degree yeah. and international business and yeah. what would be much better than learning it in English and go abroad and work abroad. Yeah. So that was my mindset and right now here we are doing this cool project. Okay. Well, that's nice introduction. What about me? What about me? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually born in Finland, Helsinki. And uh, by ethnicity, ethnicity, I'm a Somali guy from a, the Horn of Africa, if somebody knows where that that is. And yeah, I've been here and studying and finished most of my life. And actually, I was passionate about multiple different things. I wanted to study psychology. I wanted to study biochemistry. I, I wanted to study chemistry. I wanted to, I, I wanted to do different, multiple different stuff. And at the same time, one of them, like... Most of them became my hobbies. I was passionate about, like, for, for instance, psychology, why people think in different ways. How can I affect on people? How can I make a change? How can I determine personal person's personality? How can I help yeah, people yeah. to improve? And then I was, I wanted to make something unique. I wanted to be a businessman. So, you know, after high school, I went to Army. I wanted to apply to Helsinki University as a, to study business. It's like, 
call and finish like output yeah yeah it's basically yeah. business yeah. yeah basically business and i didn't get in i applied second time to turku that university i didn't get in i applied multiple places too at the same time but those the first places i applied i don't remember too and after it you know i kind of i kind of settled with the idea to go University of Life Science, Metropolia. I applied to Hagelia, Lauria, Metropolia. I got to Metropolia, and I was first year. I was in Tradenomi, which is the B, Finnish version of Finnish BBA degree, yeah. business uh, business administration. I mean, and uh, on the first day when I heard that there was international business and logistics, I was so pissed, literally, for real, because nobody told me that there was this opportunity. I didn't check it out. Why didn't you check it out? I'm, I'm, I was lazy back then. I had that. I, I had like what, two to three gap years. I was way too That's lazy. That's a long time. Yeah. It was way too much. I finished my high school 2015, so I was determined to go to business. Yeah, I was determined to get international business because I applied to Mikkelis University. I mean, the campus. That's a, that's a long way. It is just because I wanted to be international business. I wanted to have the possibility to go to go global because I knew I knew that I wanted to be big. Yeah. I, I wanted to have. More open doors, more possibilities, more opportunities, and make a difference in this world and in this glo- global dynamic world. Yeah. So I got in here, and I'm, I don't regret anything at all. I just changed. I changed from Charanomi. I got. I'm here. I'm feeling great. I'm, I want to get my English better. I want to make a difference in this community and go global one day. That's my biggest plan. Yeah, to build up something su- successful and unique. Yeah, of course, sure. And I think we should also talk about our this uh, degree program. Mm-hmm. Uh, in short, it's called uh, IBL, which stands for International Business and Logistics. Logistics yeah. So, in short terms, it means that we're studying also business and, and logistics. logistics. Yeah. But we can have a major of, let's say, finance, marketing. supply chain management, supply chain and marketing, yeah, marketing, human resource management. Uh, fi- did I say financing? You said my financing, yeah. yeah. So and the finance it has the accounting in it too. Yeah, accounting yeah. and financing. Yeah. But you also learn the logistics part. Okay. Yeah. Which that's true. For me, is a big thing because I started logistics in the high school, mm. and my high school was actually the one of the first high schools ever to teach logistics to basically high school students. Well, I was actually surprised when you told me that you had logistics in high school because yeah, who does that in, a, in high school? I have never yeah, heard. Nobody that. has that. I heard physics and philosophy. <laughs> yeah, I, I never understood that philosophy class. <laughs> yeah, philosophy, philosophy. I don't even start about. I kind of messed up my logic. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. this IBL degree was just so dynamic, so like different. It, it teaches you so many stuff yeah. at the same time. I mean, of course, there's the other degree of EBA, which is also yeah. a double degree and a really prestigious degree. But at the same time, I felt like it's having, it's having two degrees, but basically from the similar field. Yeah. Of course, logistics, logistic and business is similar, but at the same time, it has nothing to do with each other. I mean, they have to do everything with each other, yeah. but at the same time, they're so different of each other. They're kind of kind of parts. Yeah. In the business world, in the beginning, when I heard that logistics was the important part in this course, I mean, this in in this degree, yeah. and I heard that there was like what five courses, four courses, a lot, of a lot of courses, at least like right now three, four courses, and yeah. I'm gonna have more of it. Yeah. So the, uh, let's say like five courses of logistics. I realized that I was I was in a sticky situation because I didn't like logistics. Yeah. But then when I found out that it was like part of the wider concept, yeah. that was part of the business, how it works, how it functions, uh, the other counterpart that you can see, 
but you take for granted. I realized that this is the important part. I realized that I realized why it was called international business of logistics. Because the logistics is an important part in the business. Basically, it is because let's say, well, for every business, let's say if you have a store, you're going to buy some inventory. Yeah. You need logistics to bring the exactly. inventory and you have to keep the inventory. You have to sell it. You have. Yeah. So basically, no matter what you do, logistics is a part of your business. It's a tool you're using constantly. Yeah, and the yeah. more you know it, the better. Exactly. And this IBM degree is not even that old. Yeah. I, it's it's. I think it was in the 2000s, maybe. I think it was the beginning of the century. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that old of a degree. It's, it's quite 2002, new. 2005. Was it 2005? Maybe two five eight. I'm not 100 percent sure. Don't yeah. quote me on that. Yeah. But it is. It's maybe maximum. Yeah, I think it's. It was 2008 or 10 or something because last year yeah. it was like 10 year anniversary. Oh, or was yeah. It, yeah. I would think it's 2008, yeah. Yes. So it's a quite new degree and actually everybody that has studied international business and logistics, mm. they've actually had a great path to go forward in life. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. Yeah. Actually, boy, we got to get into the subject, man. We, yeah, we have questions that we're just going to talk about and probably yeah. mostly talk about our own opinions <coughs> uh, we didn't want it to make it too academic because nobody cares of two students what they'd say or what they'd talk about yeah. so we, uh, we just pointed our perspectives in this yeah and we're just basically knowledge. showing who we are and low knowledge here and there not that much but yeah so at first we have an array of questions but i'm gonna start from somewhere of future of logistics that's a nice one. Where do you think lays the future of logistics? I mean, the key aspects in the future of logistics are the two chains, artificial intelligence yeah. and robotics. Robotics, yeah. Because... You'll have the major effect on it. Because logistics, nowadays, any warehouses you see, especially big and efficient yeah. warehouses, they don't have actual workers. Yeah. Of course, they have engineers and they have logistic managers that keep track of the system that everything is fine but if you go to any big warehouses it's all automated yeah it's, everything is automated it is. the only thing that is supervised is basically that everything goes smoothly and maintenance yeah maintenance that that's the only thing that human beings are going to do i think that's that's going to be the only future thing because what i've i actually have wrote a paper about yeah. this subject last night and um in my opinion the robotics or the car moving cargo will be automated 100%. Yeah. And It'll there will be a human being, let's say a person, supervising it for yeah. maintenance purpose, purposes only or just, you know, doing something else like the paperwork alongside the actual cargo movement or yeah. when they're moving people, there will be small automated buses in the vicinity. Yeah. When we talk about the Keha, the main roads, ring, road, yeah. ring roads, it's going to be, literally, it's going to be some a person driving it. Because still people won't believe in automated buses or vehicles. Because yeah. then again, you have seen the Terminator. People yeah. do have be afraid of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. It is. Automation is the, probably the way of logistics. Mm. And probably a wider area of Logistics will be more likely automated. Yeah. Well, of course, we're no near to make automated ships that are going to sail by themselves. Nah. They still need a captain. Yeah, we definitely. Can, uh, and 
probably in 80% of the world, we're still going to need drivers because the infrastructure of the roads or the countries is just not as good as, let's say, Europe's or America's or North yeah. America's. Yeah. Still, the roads are bad. So we still need drivers there. Definitely. But let's say the countries that has developed, for them, we are actually quite close to have self-driving cars or like self-driving trucks that just bring <coughs> stuff or any kind of inventory Definitely. just by themselves. And the only thing we need is someone to just to look over it. Yeah, so. supervising. Yeah. yeah. And maybe we don't even need supervising after 50 or 100 years. Nah. That's, that's just in case. Yeah. That's just in case. But let's say 20, 30, 40, 50 or maybe more or maybe less. I might say over 50 because the autonomous, autonomous uh, automated cars or buses yeah. or vehicles, let's say, get a bad publicity yeah definitely especially with like some tesla crashes and everything yeah like for me it's just how beautiful to see that at this time cars can technically drive themselves exactly and the only error is not their car, the car's error it's yeah. either the infrastructure mm. or other drivers yeah human drivers and that's yeah. human error so i think we're actually quite close to just have actual trucks that will drive themselves definitely maybe maybe not in 10 years but maybe in 20 25 30 20, years yeah. i think the logistics will apply these automated ways of getting the supply, like the supplies or the actual actual selling or the actual uh, their work of logistics forward yeah. yeah i think that there will be fully automated vehicles there yeah, because you, right now in a small scale, if you see big uh, inventories, let's say in China, yeah. you see they're like small robots that just take the shelves everywhere. Yeah. And they're fully automatic. They're full, fully autonomous. Mm -hmm. Of course, they they know where they're going all the time, and it's a smaller and contained place. Like, mm. there's no external interference. Yeah. But still, we can apply that to the normal world, yeah. to the real world. It's going to take time, but it's it's going to be there. It, the idea is still there. And for, for God's sakes, Winfield and Helsinki, at 5 a.m., nobody's driving there, only trucks. So yeah. if you automate the, those trucks, you can just send those deliveries. Basically, yes. At that time, and the person who's almost asleep there will just supervise that truck. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it will be easy for him, and he'll be, he be enjoying that drive too. Okay. Okay, that's my perspective in here. <laughs> true, true. We had good perspective. Let's go to the other question. I'm not gonna do it. Everything in the Choose order. Choose that one. I don't see what it is, but it, it, uh, factors that will help you thrive as an entrepreneur. So basically, what will help you thrive as an entrepreneur? In my perspective, to be to thrive as an, an entrepreneur is to have good knowledge. Yeah, is to have the knowledge of basically this also goes into knowledge that know what do you want mm -hmm. and also you have to be really really persistent yeah because of course every business it's about the owner if they're persistent they can continue and continue and continue and fail just like steve jobs he failed multiple times before breakthrough yeah uh, well i cannot take bill gates here because he already know his product of course mm -hmm. he had small issues but his yeah. product was already there. For yeah. him, it was much easier. But still, he had so much problems on the way that the only thing what kept him going was persistence and his own hunger, you know? Yeah. So basically, it's, I think, more like who the owner or the leader of that company or entity is that can make him a great entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you ask me, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. Yeah. The execution is the power. 
Yeah. You use that momentum as in Tony Robbins on the old podcast says that momentum, the thing that makes you move. For instance, you can have the greatest business idea, the phenomenon, the yeah. multi-billion dollar idea too. Yeah. But what makes you different from other people is that you use that potential idea and make that money, make that execution. Yeah. And you have to have that mindset to face these obstacles at the way, along the way and coming up with solution. Because the core of this business is problem solving. That's and true, problem come, solving. Exactly. And if you're, coming up, if you're coming up with ideas, of course you, there might be problems that might occur. There will be your, maybe your family members who's going to say that that's not a great idea. For instance, if you, if you call Jake, your father might say like, Jake, calm down. That's a, that was great what you did, but now you gotta get a settled job. But we ain't gotta be the only dreamers. We gotta push our goals. The business works on the psychology of business and actual working towards it, training your mindset. And that's that's my my ideal way of acquiring that successful entrepreneurship. And it's funny, as you said about the idea, you can have a billion dollar idea, mm. but if you don't know how to implement it in the real world, it's just an idea. Yeah, it is. So you have to know what, what to do with your idea or with your product, because there are a lot of products that people have and they're really good products and yeah. people actually might buy it and use it. But if you don't know to take the right steps yeah. to be able to bring that product into the right market at the right time, mm. It's just going to fail. It True. doesn't matter. It's going to fail. You need to have everything right at the right time. You have to know how to implement your product in the right market. Yeah. It's a hard. It's really hard. It's, it's going to take time and a lot of uh, energy. But yeah. you just have to, be, like I said, you just have to be persistent. And you got to be positive because people will be negative and against you. You got to yeah. keep that positivity. You got to work on your mentality. You, you got to believe in yourself even if people don't believe in you. Because they won't see the idea as in you see in your eyes. Definitely. And you got to prove them that they're wrong and that you're right and you bring some value in this world or some innovation or whatever you're coming up with. So I have a funny question now. Oh. Uh, why can't you, generation, buy a house or a car? Like you see people at young age, our mother and father, when they were kids, well, basically our age, like they had could bought a house they had a car for each mm. other why is it more exp why is it more expensive for us to buy a car or harder to buy a car or a house i mean well, definitely depreciation and the market has grown much bigger but like at the same rate if, if you see like before houses even though the pay wasn't the pay was much smaller back then but still the houses were like yeah let's say in 60s you can buy a six for in America, you can buy a house for like six grand or five grand. Yeah. A semi-good house. Like yeah. Warren Buffett bought his house in like 1970 or 80. For 16 grand in a big house. Grand. Yeah, for 16 grand. He bought a big house. And that was an expensive house. But right now, if you want in Helsinki to buy a house, let's say two rooms. Or triple hundred thousand. Easily, easily it's going to go to 200,000 euros. And if you're going to buy a house that is even close to this decade, yeah. you're seeing maybe easily more than three, 400,000 euros, especially if it's in the metropolitan area. That's, yeah, and, that's true. Okay, a car, buying a car. Of course, you can find a secondhand cheap car, but like in Finland, in Helsinki, in Finland, definitely, yeah. they start from like 
okay, the really, really cheap ones that you don't even want to drive start from like 15 grand. Exactly. And then you go up that and the sky is the limit. And at the same time, if you see the car prices in America, right now, a Toyota Camry yeah. in America costs $20,000. That's like 18 or 17,000 euros. In Finland, a Toyota Camry, a 2020 Toyota Camry, the same exact stuff with the same exact specification costs over 46,000 euros. You could buy two Camrys in America that's, and some that's change. That's for you. That's feeling for you. And it's probably, wow. yeah, it's probably why millennials nice. can't buy anything because everything is so expensive and the pay hasn't actually gone up that much. So we got to stress with the rent money then. Oh, rent. Don't even start on rent. Oh, the rent is going up. Up and up, man. Everything is becoming more expensive at the same time. Okay, people want to buy houses. They try to buy houses, but the, the struggle you're going through is yeah. way too massive. Buying a house is not easy, nor it is cheap. But I'm, I, have a, I have a thinking that when is it going to, like, hit top the top end, you know? Like, when is going to come times that people cannot just simply afford a house? Or not even afford their food or groceries? I think that they, I think they will want want to happen to that point where there's not intermediate, yeah, like intermediate people where they get like uh, intermediate scale of pay, yeah, and there will be like the majority. Uh, I think the minority, which is rich, richer than more uh, the most of the people, and there will be the minority that has like say this they're surviving in this environment and get their money, but they cannot get whatever they wanted. Yeah, like stay with the rent money and. Yeah. Basically, rent a place or rent a car. I think that in future people are renting cars. So it's a bad idea in my mind. Yeah, it is kind of because you're using some other car and it can be dirty. You know, I mean, it's renting other people's car. It's like that's a nice other subject. It's a nice subject though to think uh, renting car. Like, why can't like where's the pride of ownership? But there's but there's an environmental friendly idea because is come it on, global is it warming? Though? Is it though? But it's not, yeah. People are going to still sell the same amount of cars. Yeah. And the people that cannot afford a car are just going to rent a car. So the car that was not driven for the 12 hours a day is now going to be driven 24 hours a day. So technically, not but, environmentally but friendly. If, but if it's uh, electric car. Actually, electric, making an electric car is more I think to the environment than driving. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the making. Okay. Yeah, making passes will be... The, the problem will be solved in the future. I, I believe that. Hopefully. I, I'm like uh, positive about that. But at this um, pass, uh, in this occasion, the actual driving with the electric car is saving in the environment. Well, of course. You don't have to do maintenances. You don't have to... Well, you don't have to do maintenance. No. It doesn't that's need good. oil or anything. The only thing it, it needs is coolant to keep the batteries cool. Oh. Yeah, so basically it's much... I might just go buy an electric car then. With this paychecks and with this economy, <laughs> not gonna happen. Oh, gotta be the entrepreneur then. Yeah, definitely. And of course, we had the question of why generations can't buy a big house or, or any kind of house or a car. It's expensive. It's just expensive. Simply put it. Like, we start a job here. Of course, in Finland, stuff are really going good. Mm. I cannot complain. But let's yeah. say in some other countries, the, the starting pay of people is like one, two, three grand. And at okay. the same time, houses are like half a million. So yeah. you're not going to buy a There's house. There's not a logic in that. And then you have to pay your uh, school fee. You have to uh, pay for your food. You have to pay for 10 other stuff. And yeah. Finland, we still 
thank God the government pays for our school, the government yeah. pays for our healthcare. Mm. So in that way, we still are like quite lucky. Yeah. But that's only 5 million people in the whole world. What about the other 7.6 billion people? That's a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people struggling. But that that's why we are here, man. That's why we're here. Even though we are struggling, even though we are in a paradise, we're still struggling. To change the world. Hopefully we do change the world. Definitely. We're going to work our asses off for that. This is good. The next question is going to be really interesting because I've yeah. actually kind of thought about does ethnicity affect getting a job? Oh, it does. It does. Definitely it does. I mean, we don't want to be... 150%. I'm not, I'm, I'm not being like negative or yeah. aggressive about this matter, but this, this kind of hurt my feelings in a way. Cause yeah, I've because... I've been experiencing a lot. Because tell me your opinion about this. Because it's it's really annoying. I'm a yeah. person that knows six languages. Yeah, I have more than five years of work experience, uh, even though I'm only 22. Mm. I've worked. I have more more. I have accomplished more than more most of the yes. kids at my age. Exactly. So you're an exceptional asset. Yeah, that's an exceptional. I want to be accepted in a job more easier because I have more experiences i have i'm a more person that i've seen the world in a different way but still i don't because of my name as soon as somebody sees my name yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't want to be i don't want to like make anybody look but, bad but, or you being company, honest. but i'm just being honest because i've sent uh, in two three months i've sent more than 300 applications that's a lot. three of them called back man that's 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 like a percentage call back i mean that feels like disrespectful yeah, like, to, to say that I can do so much, I have learned so much, and mm. all of my work is not valued, it's no, like kicking me in the stomach while I'm down. Exactly. I need some appreciation here. I mean, to be honest, okay, you, you have, you're exceptional asset, you have, you're persistent. With your work experience, people can determine that you're persistent, you're motivated, you're motivated, you, you're passionate, you, you, you want to get better every day, you, you want to evolve. Yeah. And still, they don't give you that chance. And when it comes to problems, when there's like polit- political situations, yeah. people tend to tell like you don't apply there and here because they don't see you at the job that you want, that you're yeah. talking about, that you, you've been pursuing for the past, what, two, three years? Yeah. And still, they complain about that, that. And even if you apply, they don't accept you. They don't give you that chance. Yeah, that's... that's... I mean, they could give you like at least... Two weeks chance. Two weeks to just I think, prove your point. I think as a company, of course, uh, someday I wish we become a company CEOs or owners yeah, or anything. CFO and CEO and all that three things. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but like I would at least give a chance to somebody that's yeah. trying to be better. Exactly. Like, if I see somebody come, of course, if a name is... I, I think in applications or in any kind of job, someone's name, ethnicity, religion, or color, or anything should not affect because exactly. in a professional place, we're here to produce something. It might be a service, it might be a product, it might be anything, but yeah. we're here as to produce something better. I mean, oh, sorry, sorry. It's okay, man. In my opinion, if, if you want to be a Pope and you're a Muslim, then, then that's a different thing. That's a different that's thing. That's different because you got to be master of your field and you got to practice that. That's, that's far-fetched. But yeah. the point in is in industrial economics and business, let's say in being secretary or being a teacher or let's let's say like you want to be a well, chemist. Yeah. You gotta have a chance. The name doesn't determine your potential, your your knowledge. And 
for me, I've been experienced that a lot, you know. When yeah. I'm, I'm obviously a black, black guy, I, I came from Africa, ethnicity, yeah, my ethnicity is African, and so I carry Arabic name, like Ahmed Muhammad. Like yeah. people, people turn like this is an Arabic guy, Middle Eastern guy coming, and suddenly they see a black guy. That's that's two things that they, that people can judge me by paper. Yeah. And nowadays, when there's a CV where you can, where you can add your face, your selfie, yeah. that's like a well, a minefield. It's basically it's negative for a person that is like anywhere foreigner or in a way an immigrant because yeah. as soon as they see a paper as like I'm not gonna put anybody everybody in a bad light. Of yeah. course. There's maybe yeah, good people, 80% people. good people, but yeah. then there are always that small handful of people that when they see the application, they see somebody that's from different ethnicity, they're like, oh, I'm not going to take it, just because of yeah. the superstition of thinking that, oh, it might be a bad worker. Stereotypes. Stereotypes. Yeah, the stereotypes. We should forget stereotypes, especially in this day and age. Exactly. Because we all went to the same school, we wrote, read the same books. We did the same assignments, yeah. and we speak the same language perfectly. Exactly. Still, we don't get the same jobs. Like a couple of days ago, there was an article uh, from University of Helsinki. Oh, this man had did a great. He sent five thousand applications. Oh, I read this. Yeah. <laughs> he sent five thousand applications on a Finnish name, yeah. on a Somalian woman name, Somalian man name, yeah. uh, Arabic woman name, and Arabic man name. Yeah, the Finnish people about forty percent of the applicants actually got the call back to get the job. Okay, forty percent. Forty percent from for five for one thousand applicants, forty for almost four hundred get a call yeah. back. For Arabic men, <coughs> it was fourteen percent. Fourteen percent. That's for a lot. For Arabic men, that's not a lot, man. That's not a lot. For Arabic women, okay, it was a little bit better. It was like eighteen or twenty percent. Mm. For Somalian women, I didn't see for Somalian women. I don't remember, but for yeah. Somalian men, so basically African men. Yeah, it was seven percent from one thousand. So that's, that's seventy people got a call back. I would have wanted to be wrong in this one, man. Like, yeah, this that was shocking. Like, I always thought, okay, it might not be that true. But then when I actually uh, got the treatment myself, when I yeah. sent hundreds of applications and only got like a few calls back, I was like, okay, it is more true than what people say. Mm. And especially with this study that implies that it is true but people in finland don't talk about it it's yeah. like it's just a bad thing but people don't talk about it yeah even though we should talk about it and make clear that it doesn't matter who whom is from where one is yeah we're still here to just do our work get our pay and go home and try to make our lives better exactly people should understand that you know earn our living give us a possibility a chance to earn our living that's what we're asking i mean why england and america is like uh, Like, what's that? You multiple steps ahead of us, because they they have accepted this possibility. They take the people to work for them. They accept people. They accept people most likely. They are from different ethnicities. Okay, they don't accept them in high places. Okay, they have their own stereotypes, their preconceptions too, but still, they are multiple steps ahead. We should take that step forward too. If you, if this country wants to evolve in their industrial level, in their econo- economic level, they they gotta take that risk. Yeah. Now that we're talking about getting jobs, uh, my next question is actually, how fierce is the job market after graduation? I can tell you one thing. 
it's really fierce. It's gonna be pretty hard. You gotta be better than basic. If you want to get job at the first year, like the job you actually want to, mm. you gotta be better than the ninety percent of your students, yeah. other students. So basically, if we have hundred students in this class, I have to be better than ninety people. Yeah, just to get the job I want. Yeah. So and even after that, I have to do internships. I have I have to run here and there. I have to make sure that everything is fine. So just I can do a work. Yeah. It's not even like getting free money. It's just I'm gonna do all this work just to do more work. Yeah. <laughs> yes, basically that. So that's why it's really fierce to get the a logic job after in graduation. That. This is the logic. You're gonna go to school. Yeah. You're gonna get perfect grades. Yeah. You're gonna your whole life run here and there just to get a good job. So basically, you're working your whole life just to get a better work. Well, the whole life uh, things is hoax, bro. Kind of. Whoa, <laughs> I'm I'm, su I'm I'm surprised because I thought that after getting good grades, people the, all the teachers always tell you if you get good grades, you will get a good job. That is not true. At some where's the logic though? At some extent, it's true. I think getting good grades will give you a good job, but I think it's also about who you are. Yeah, uh, because your characteristics. Yes, it's about yeah. character. It's about who you are. It's about personality. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that. That are really intelligent. I, yeah. I call these people book intelligent. They know everything in the book, but they know nothing about the real world because they cannot interact with people. They they are not, and they they are not capable of interacting with. People. Yeah, they're just book intelligent. They know all the stuff in the book, and that's good. But then the real world is not anything of a book. It's just mm. this is just a guideline that's gonna yeah. show you the direction. Yeah. All the other stuff is just done after it. Yeah. So I think you should be also like street intelligent mm. and also have the book intelligence True. to land a good job because just having good grades, well, an employer expects you and everybody to have good grades. Yeah. So it should not be that True. big of a deal. It's about who you are you and what you can be intelligent bring. and wise. Yeah. And you have to have the energy. I use that word a lot. You know, that's my word. It's energy. You have, to have that energy to show that you're. You're compatible to, to this work. You want to evolve this work. You want to evolve with the work. You want to, in the business world, it's all about the dynamic environment. You want to, like the environment change, you, you're willing to change. You want to get better day by day. You want to challenge yourself. It's all about that. And in the work environment, in business, okay, we, we know the guidelines. We learn how the ana, ana, analytics, uh, the basics and stuff, but we still don't know what happens there. I know that they, they think that we, we know the guidelines, we know the books, we know that stuff, but we don't know about them, yeah. their environment, how, we, how the things work there. But you got to give us a chance to do that. Yeah. you got to give us the chance to prove us wrong, yeah. uh, prove ourselves right. Not yeah, yeah. Wrong, but yeah, right. Not you don't bad. want to prove yourself wrong. That's not, that's not good. Prove him wrong. I usually try to prove other people wrong. Oh, yeah. So we're going to have two more questions. Yeah. The last question is the most important. Yeah. It's not even here. But is, in your mind, artificial intelligence a threat or a possibility? A threat. I think it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, I think it's a threat, man. You could have trust it. Because, of course, uh, we can automate a lot of jobs. We can make... <coughs> basically, anything can be automated, literally. Like, even, even you can make good enough computers to find something... Like, you can basically have... A robot doctor. Yeah. If it's good enough, of course. I wouldn't trust a robot doctor. Yeah. That would be crazy. Like, would you would you believe 
that there's no human making something. It's just basically made by a robot. Of course, the robot or the artificial intelligence is made by humans, but it's still weird. Think about a person. Not 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 a person, but let's say like a robot without artificial intelligence. Intelligence uh, that will do a, like a what is the surgical um, surgical procedure? Yeah, surgical procedure. And some hacker hacks that computer. I've actually never thought about that. Literally, have, haven't you watched uh, Terminator? Well, I have watched Terminator. When will the people learn? Never, yeah. I see, it seems. Because artificial intelligence is a possibility. But what, to what end? To some extent. Yeah, to some extent. To what end? Like, literally, you can teach your computer whatever you want. But one point, the computer will learn that it can replace you. And then... Yeah. The world is run by, it's not run by humans anymore. It's Just literally in Matrix, like if a computer can fix itself, a computer can do whatever yeah. it wants, what's going to do about you? Exactly. So you got to have that. I mean, it, okay, this is just a long shot. It might not even actually happen. Yeah. Like a robot just to become intelligent and all of a sudden think about itself. Yeah. It's still a possibility. Computers get viruses. True. People get uh, like crazy. So what... It, happen to a robot or to a computer yeah and the computer can think why do i need this to give me commands yeah or some powerful hacker basically yeah he can he can let's let's think that if the let's say the roads are automated everything's like done by let's work say we're by in 2100 yeah and everything's century. working with artificial intelligence they have this some core that guides and and works like let's say the lights and the traffic and all that technology all around us and suddenly a hacker comes up with a great idea that he wants to like mess with the world and he will mess with the world and (laughs) he will mess with the world and he literally can mess with the whole world if he's a good hacker and especially now nowadays that artificial intelligence and robotics and automation has taken people's jobs yeah yeah in a in a big picture how are going to people feed themselves if Nobody's doing any jobs. Let's say of free money. <laughs> who's gonna give you free money? I mean, if the robots are working for you and everybody's getting who's gonna money. pay the robots? Let's think about in this way: if you sell goods, you get goods back. Yeah. So basically, the process happens with money, but then again, you get the goods back, and you can produce some goods that you can. Give your own people, let's say, like this country's people, like the Finnish people, for instance, and the money you get, you can like share it between the human beings that live in live in the actual country. Yeah, but basically, or the the country can provide them some food. But you're just saying basically the whole economical, well, the whole economy has to change basically to adapt with the robotics, and and it will be controlled. Yeah, because if with. Modern or at the time, yeah. Economics, we go straightforward with artificial intelligence automations. People without job will die of hunger. But then there will there will be left creative jobs such as music, arts, dance, stuff that robots can do. Have you seen like mostly past these years there have been a lot of all the songs works. Yeah, and now there's just a lot of creative jobs, analytic jobs, planning, organizing. Management. Yeah, people evolve. Exactly. It's going to that more more abstract view. 
Yeah. And he's, I think that he's going to that creativity, to the point where everybody's got to be creative. Creativity is the key. That's my opinion. So, my next question, this is, I don't even know how to ask this because this is such a hard question, but... Bring it. Do you see failure as a negative phenomenon? That's a good question. Yeah, because you want an because my well, my answer to this, yeah. I, what I have learned from my life, every time I have failed in my life, yeah, before I thought it as something negative. Oh, you failed, and mm. I made myself feel bad. But now, when I fail, I don't see it as a failure. I just see it that okay, this idea didn't work. It's okay. Just let's just change it to another thing. I'm gonna do something else. Yeah. I'm gonna do change just a little bit. I'm gonna do this different. So I don't see. Failure as a failure, I just see it as an opportunity to do better. Yeah. So every time I fail these days, I actually become more happy because I know that I've done something mm. not good enough. So I have to do it better and better yeah. and better until it does not fail anymore. Exactly. But so that's why I see failure as a positive thing to happen. Yeah. But a lot of people don't. Ninety-nine percent of the world, failure is a bad thing. They fail, they quit. That's one thing that I hate. For instance, when I was actually. Think about my future. Yeah, there was one point where I was thinking about future. I was thinking about settling down, thinking about future family. I would, at the age we would think about like settling down, getting a wife or a husband, or you know, moving on in life. I started thinking that am I getting a stable job and settling down? That's my learning end to that point. And suddenly I, st- I started feeling depressed. Literally, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to my life to be different every day. Yeah. So definitely, I would say. No. Was the question that's what what was the question again? Basically the question is is failing a negative phenomenon. Like exactly, it's not a negative phenomenon. It isn't. It shouldn't be. It will teach you more. It will give you a challenge to uh, like to fight, like to, yeah. to obstacle to circle around or break. Yeah. Basically failure just makes you more creative, more exactly. hungry. More intelligent, more passionate about your work. Of course, because if you don't fail, you're not going to succeed. It's exactly. simple as that. The winning won't taste that good. Yeah, like if you fa- like if you do something, let's say you write a thesis. Yeah. If you write a thesis and it's the teacher says, okay, it's good. I'm going to give you, let's say, three points out of five. You're going to be happy with it. Yeah. Of course, you did a hard job. You did write a 200 page thesis. Yeah. But what if you do a 200? Let's say you do a 100-page thesis and the teacher denies it and you have to do it again. The teacher denies it again. And you have to do it three times and four times over. And at the fifth time, the teacher accepts accepts it with maximum grade. Isn't it going to feel just that much more sweeter? Great, man. I'll be pissed, but I'll feel great, man. Definitely. Literally. That's how it is. Like, for me, like failure, like... Uh, last failure year, is an opportunity. Failure is an opportunity. Exactly. Basically. And as a human being... We want to grow every day. Yeah. We want to get better. We want to evolve. Yeah. So if we don't get the opportunity, we'll feel depressed. Of course. We'll be stuck in the same process, same routine, and we won't feel the difference because, according, like through our life, we have been growing, we have been changing, we have been looking differently. The whole world in different perspectives. We wanted more. We wanted different things. We want to, like, we wanted to make our worldview better. And now, when if 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 we had chance to not work twice as hard or three times harder in this and for let's say for a thesis or for a job 
you are applying for, then we'll be like, we'll be depressed. We will be lazy about it. We won't, we won't, yeah. we will lose the meaning of life. Yeah, basically, we yeah, won't fa- be happy. Failure is a way to get happier, you know? It is. Because yeah. then you work your ass off, you're feeling great, and then you feel happy. Yeah. You feel content in life. Just like going to the gym, the more you work out and you feel mm. your body is sore and aching, but after the gym workout, you feel oh. good. You feel good. You feel proud. You feel good. You feel energized. Yeah. It's just about failure. Something goes wrong. Of course, it's you feel bad because it didn't go out right. But it, it's okay. You stand up twice as stronger. Yeah, you stand up twice as stronger and continue. It's okay if you fall back again. True. Then you stand up again. It's simple as that. For me, let's say there's no more questions. Yeah. And I want to thank you guys thank for you listening and for being with us for this long. For me, this was what. Well, 45 minutes. Yeah, good 45 minutes. So thank you for everybody for listening. Thank you for your time. I hope you all a great positive future and I hope for you also and for myself. And I hope that this opened the world in a different perspective. I hope so, yeah. And I hope that some people will be interested in international business and logistics too. (laughs) Yes, and I hope this also shows more people. There's a little country called Finland that is this dark. Not always. Summer is much better. Come in summer, yeah. Never, don't come in winter. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's kind of scary. It's, it's like a ha- Halloween theme. All, it's like all Halloween winter. for six months. It's Halloween for six, six months. months. <laughs> it feels no. like it. Nobody's going to come after that. No, but like, let's say you wake up at 7 o'clock. It's dark. Oh, come to school. It's dark. And when you're mean, in the school the whole day, yeah. it's going to be light outside, yeah. but your school, inside yeah. the school, you're not going to see outside. You can go out. Yeah, and after 4 o'clock when you go back to home, it's, it's dark. <laughs> so you never see light for 6 months, even though there's light, but you just don't yeah. have the chance to see it. Yeah, or enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, thank you guys for listening and being with us. Hopefully see you sometimes, or and let's hopefully. say if we make more podcasts. Yeah. My name was Shahriar Kazi from Helsinki. Thank you, and everybody. My name is Ahmed Mohamud from Helsinki. It was nice to entertain you for well, 45 minutes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.